Martha was distracted by her many tasks. So she came to Jesus and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. Please pray with me. Dear God in heaven, we ask you, as we always do, to be here with us in this place this morning. And we trust that you are here. May my words be your words, and all of our thoughts your thoughts. We ask all of this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Please be seated. Last year, during a rector's forum, I showed an episode of Frasier, one of my all-time favorites, which comes along in the 10th season, which is such a perfect illustration, not only of human nature, but of the interactions that are happening in this story we have before us this morning, this story about Mary and Martha and Jesus that I felt compelled to share it with you again. Uh, for those of you who are unfamiliar with Frasier, uh, you need to go out and remedy that situation immediately. Uh, but for a little bit of context, uh, Frasier Crane is a sort of minor Seattle celebrity. He hosts his own uh, radio show, and he's a man of impeccable taste. He is a, a member of every private club and exclusive group in town. And one day, he gets his neighbor's mail by mistake and sees an invitation to an exclusive private club to which he has not been invited. Driven mad by desire, he has his brother pretend to be his neighbor, and they both go down to the place, which turns out to be a fabulous day spa. And after an afternoon of coddling, uh, Fraser and his brother Niles say things to each other like, I feel like I've been rubbed by angels, and I've never felt better in my life. And it's in the midst of this reverie that they see somebody across the room go through a golden door. And when they try to follow, they're told that that is for gold-level members only. And now immediately, the wonderful things that they've just experienced in what they come to find out is the silver-level spa become awful by comparison to the unknown wonders that lie beyond the golden door. Just how am I supposed to enjoy this, wonders Fraser angrily. And when he gets home and his father asks how the place was, he says, it was a hellhole. <laughs> now after trying everything to wrangle an invitation through the golden door and failing to do so, Fraser and Niles are having coffee with their friend, Roz, who makes fun of them. She says, you only want to go in there because you can't. How much better can it be? And then, what if you do get in the golden door? What's next? The diamond door? After that, a titanium door? After that, a plutonium door? 
see, Roz knows something about human nature, doesn't she? She knows that no matter where you are, there's always another level, another door to get through. She knows that there's no end to the human struggle, the quest to be in, to be inside the exclusive club, to be the best, to qualify. Of course, it turns out that Roz actually knows somebody with enough influence to get Fraser and Niles through the Golden Door, and it turns out that she's wrong. The gold-level spa is so much better than the silver-level spa could have ever been. And at the end of their amazing gold-level experience, Fraser and Niles are taken to what's called the Relaxation Grotto. <laughs> They're in Nirvana. Cucumbers on their eyes, mud masks on their faces, until they notice the platinum door. <laughs> and it's just standing there, unguarded. And when Niles wants to go through, Fraser cries out, this is heaven, right here and now. Why do we have to think about someplace else? And then, Niles retorts what every human knows to be true. This is only heaven for people who can't get into the real heaven, <laughs> the platinum heaven. Finally, Fraser wonders, why can't we be happy? Fraser goes over to the platinum door just to take a peek through it to see what might be on the other side. But just then, an employee of the spa comes in and says, you're not allowed through there. Please remain in the relaxation grotto. <laughs> and with that, just like that, the relaxation grotto becomes an intolerable prison. Please remain in the relaxation grotto, grumbles Fraser. Have crueler words ever been spoken? So finally, when they're alone in the relaxation grotto once again, Fraser and Niles burst through the platinum door, and the truth is revealed to them. There is no platinum level spa. They're outside with the dumpsters and the garbage, <laughs> locked out of the spa altogether. And so it turns out that Frazier was exactly right when he said they shouldn't worry about what was behind the platinum door. They were already in heaven. They were already in the relaxation grotto. But Frazier and Niles, like you and me, are human beings. And seeing what they thought was the next level of advancement, they couldn't help themselves. They had to go for it. They had to qualify for the next level. They had to prove that they belonged. And when Jesus goes over to Martha's house, she goes about the business of having a guest over. She's probably, you know, washing the grapes, putting them on a platter, setting out the Triscuits, wedge of brie, you know the drill. She's just like anyone else. She just wants everything to be nice for her guest. 
who, just by the way, is Jesus Christ himself. But Mary, Martha's sister, just wants to stay in the relaxation grotto, doesn't she? Mary is sitting there with Jesus at his feet, listening to him. And Martha finally has enough. She comes in and says, hey, Jesus, tell Mary, my good-for-nothing sister, to get off her bum, do the right thing, and help me out. And then Jesus does the thing that I will love him for forever. He comes down on the side of the lazy bones. <laughs> Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. Now, Jesus has talked about these issues of activity versus inactivity before. In fact, he talks about them all the time, but normally he talks about them sort of in disguise, in the form of parables. In Matthew chapter 13, he talks about seeds that are sown on different kinds of soil, where it's the soil, not the seed, that determines how the plant grows. In Mark chapter 4, again with seeds, he talks about how seeds grow even though the farmer doesn't really understand how. And then in Matthew chapter 20, he talks about workers who, though they only work for one hour, get the same wage as workers who work all day long. But here, he makes it explicit. Martha is the worker. Mary is the sitter. And Jesus says that it is Mary who has chosen the better part. It is better to simply sit at Jesus' feet doing nothing. The implication is clear. If you busy yourself doing all the things that you think Jesus wants you to do, you miss out on the man himself. If you busy yourself doing all the good things that you think Jesus wants you to do, you may miss out on Jesus himself. Just like Fraser, who cannot simply stay in the relaxation grotto, but must strive for the next level of exclusivity. And Martha, who can't sit still because of all the good work that must be done, we, you and I, are always trying to do. We are inveterate workers. Sometimes we even call it doing what Jesus would do. We ask ourselves, what would Jesus do? And then we get to work. What does Jesus want me to do about this relationship? What does Jesus want me to do about the environment? What does Jesus want me to do about raising my kids? What does Jesus want me to do about my job? What does Jesus want me to do about improving my relationship with him? I mean, who can survive under the avalanche of what would Jesus do? Jesus seems to be saying, stop, take 
a deep breath. Enjoy the relaxation grotto. Remember, the good news is not an answer to a question about what Jesus wants you to do. The good news is an announcement about what Jesus has already done for you. In his letter to the Colossians that we also read from this morning, St. Paul talks about the relaxation grotto. He says, you, you and I, who were once estranged and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his fleshly body through death so as to present you holy and blameless and irreproachable before him. Do you catch that? St. Paul is talking about things that have already happened. He's speaking in the past tense. You who were once estranged. He has now reconciled you. Paul is talking about things that have already been done, work that has already been completed. We were estranged from God because of our evil deeds, but we are now reconciled to God because of Jesus Christ's great deeds. It's over. It's finished. We are in the relaxation grotto. Aha, you might say. Paul does say that, sure, that's all true. But then he goes on to say, provided that you continue steadfast in the faith. This seems to lend credence to Martha's argument and to Fraser's. It's clearly not enough to just sit at Jesus' feet or to simply remain in the relaxation grotto. Is that we have to continue, we have to go on, we have to be steadfast. And our human minds translate that as get back to work. And this impulse feels so right, doesn't it? It's so human. In the army, nobody wants to stay a private when they can make sergeant. In your office, no one wants to stay in middle management if they can become vice president. In the Christian life, no one wants to remain a so-called baby Christian when they can become a mature Christian. Frazier doesn't want to stay in the gold spa when he can get into the platinum one. Martha doesn't want to just listen to Jesus when she can be the one who served him lunch. We don't want to just be Christians when we can be the one who did that extra something for God. We say things like, God helps those who help themselves and imagine that that sentence is actually in the Bible. You do the work to make sergeant, God will help you make captain. You do enough to qualify for the silver level, God will get you into gold. You do enough, God will do the rest. But this is not Christianity. And it's certainly not the Christianity of Jesus Christ. Martha was distracted by her many tasks. So she came to Jesus and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. 
the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing, me. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. Jesus says that it is better to remain in the relaxation grotto. Why are you insisting on trying to do more when you are here with me right now? Like Fraser and Niles realized too late, the profundity of the gospel is that we are in the best place already. We are in the presence of Jesus Christ now. It's not your job to get or to stay close to Jesus. It's Jesus' job to get and to stay close to you. St. Paul's words again. You who were once estranged and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his fleshly body through death so as to present you, you, holy and blameless and irreproachable before him, provided that you continue securely established and steadfast in the faith without shifting from what? From the hope promised by the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven. So when Paul talks about continuing, when he talks about remaining steadfast, he means to continue to stay right where you are without shifting. Stay in the hope promised by the gospel. Stay forever aware that you are saved and perfected by Christ's work and not your own. The gospel promise is that the work is already done and that no advancement is necessary. No advancement is even possible. Jesus says, rest. There is no improving on this relaxation grotto. Jesus has lived and died, shedding his blood for us. Our sin has been given to him. His righteousness has been given to us. He said, it is finished. And he said, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. We, you and I, who were once estranged, have been reconciled, called holy and blameless and irreproachable. So let's stop imagining that by some force of effort, we can improve on the work that God has done. On account of Christ, the work is over.
Now, in Jesus, that thing that seems to us humans to be the gravest sin has become the biggest blessing. The ability to stop working, to stop striving, to rest. We rest in Christ. Our work here is unnecessary because Christ's work here is done. Amen.